You're listening to the Market Experts Show. I'm Daryl Baskin of EXP Realty on your home for success, 105.7. Short-term versus long-term rentals in property management. Matt Zock, key renter. Yeah, Matt, you don't do short-term rentals anymore, but you had some great stories. Now, <laughs> it, it, just full transparency here, I converted all of my short-term ones. The reason, the reason you're here is I converted all of my short-term ones or long-term ones to short-term. So I do Airbnb with 10 of my units and kind of got out of the regular rental business. And you had some interesting perspectives that were quite valuable and I agree with them 100%. Why did you quit? Oh, so I'll start by saying we still have a number of clients that do short-term rentals. And we had we recently had a client that uh, got out of a 22-unit portfolio and took all of that money and, and reinvested into the Airbnb uh, short-term rental game. It's a phenomenal game. If you are if you own the property, it's a great it's a great place to be. The yields are outsized, for sure. For us as a property management company, it was it represented. We had five, so we didn't have a ton. It represented a tiny fraction of our revenue. It represented a massive outsized portion of our headache. And at the end of the day, I would be sitting with my wife on the couch, trying to relax and watch a movie, and I would get four phone calls in a row from some short-term <laughs> tenant. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and insert a colorful descriptor oh, for that short-term tenant. <laughs> my God. I mean, I, we were talking <laughs> off air about it. I've got plenty of colorful descriptors uh, that I could use theoretically. But needless to say, they're in a $75 a night or $80 a night, two bed, two bath. Leave me alone. You are not the king of the universe or the queen of the universe. And by the way, I sent you three videos. If you just look through your Airbnb <laughs> feed and your email and everything else, I've communicated with you a hundred ways of how to get into this thing. And it's not rocket science to open up a remote lock, lock state, you know, whatever, you, lock. You sound like Bridget right now with a male <laughs> voice because this is what she's like, this idiot, you know, I've, I've sent them this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. anyway, just you read know, your email. A lot email. of people need uh, managers. Yeah, well, totally. So I actually refer, I, I, re I took, I had five. Um, and I took uh, a couple of them. I just said, hey, you guys are doing this on your own now. And they said, cool. A couple of them said, actually, I'd love to find somebody else. So I took one of the property owners that I was formerly managing for, and she's now doing all of them. She just actually uh, opened one up, 25th in Columbia. Really nice. I think it's $500 a night or something. It's a really, really nice property right on Utica Square. And, and they're having great success uh, so far. And she's doing it. She loves it. So I gave her all of my tools, and we had leveraged a ton of technology. We were, we were really doing a great job. We had a ton of five-star reviews. We were whatever, the super host status and everything else. Yeah. So I actually gave her my account, and she's now running with it. It has all of our software and technology, and is doing it. She's doing a great job. It is just it's that there are two separate things. Now, I point out, you as a, as a traditional property manager, there's a reason people ask me, well, like, Daryl, why don't you, why don't you, you're great at your job. Why don't you do property management? Like, you know, because... I'm great at my job, right. and that's in sales. Right. And property management takes, it's a system. Correct. It's not that it's, uh, un, you, that you can't replicate it. It's just that you have to really be on top of your game to do it. And that's part of my, my pitch here when I'm talking to a, a, an investor who's going to go with a property manager. You pick the wrong property manager. If they were a good salesperson for you, that doesn't make them a good property manager. Correct. And the the property management techniques that you need to find the right tenant and avoid some of the horror stories, which we've talked about here before, you and I, uh, there's a lot that you can do to, uh, it's, it's like you're a professional gambler. Right. And if you play your cards right, 
then you you reduce those the likelihood of having some of those horror stories. Give us some tips about finding the right tenant. So let me just comment real quick on, on your last uh, on your last comment. It's a it's systems and process, and it's doing it over and over and over. And it is very much I very much believe in specialization. In fact, one of the guys on my team recently came to me and said, "We've got a I've got a walkthrough of an office building in Oklahoma City." And I said, that's a distraction. We don't do office buildings. He said, well, it's a great, there, there's great revenue in it. We can do it. It's not rocket science. And I said, there's a reason that no office building in Tulsa or in Oklahoma City has written on the glass, managed, professionally managed by, and then there's a name of somebody that you <laughs> recognize from Zillow. Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different business model. It's a totally different thing. And it's a distraction. And it's a disservice to the people that you're walking this property with. So we've now passed that referral on. I think, uh, Daryl, to answer your question on the on a couple of tics, tips and tricks, you know, my feeling really is that credit score is almost everything. The problem is credit score cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. When you have a 740, you go, woohoo, this is great. These people are going to take fantastic care of the property. They're never going to be late on their payment. They've they've made every they made good on every liability they've ever uh, extended themselves on. But then they're going to move out and buy a house. A hundred percent. So the listen sweet to, spot is somewhere in the middle. She knows that. <laughs> so the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle. So it's some, it's just, it's that 615. It's going to be a little bit difficult for them to get a good interest rate enough to, to buy enough house. And they probably, they don't have their, they don't have it together enough to really do it all. They probably haven't saved or whatever else. So, but it is, you know, some of it is just purely credit score. The other, the other non-negotiable is we won't be your landlord the first time. We're not going to, you can't test drive us. Oh, this is interesting. It's, Keep going. We need to have your former landlord give us a good, a raving review about the way you took care of their property and the way you paid rent. And you can pay rent late sometimes. I have no problem with that, but you must have made up you know, the, the late fees and, and you must be caught up on your rent. You can't leave with a, a back balance or whatever else. That's really the number one thing. If you, get, if you find people that have no rental history, you're taking a risk. And you I don't know, like that risk. Well, let me tell you about that risk. Because I told you that I had a meth lab in one of my single family or one of my rental units when I did uh, regular rentals. And that was someone who had no rental history. There you go. Makes the point. Right. And that's, that's a horrible thing to have to deal with as a property owner. Yeah, but yeah. you can't say if you have no rental history means you're going to create a math lab. <laughs> Come on. It's a logical maybe fallacy. Somebody, maybe they're yeah. young. Maybe All they people with no rent history will create well, a math lab. I mean, you have to, just like any other kind of credit history, you have to. You have to, to build it from somewhere. But I don't so, if, so in the event that somebody comes to me and says, I have no rental history, they need it. They can. They can. You have a cosigner, yeah. and their cosigner is a parent or a family member, somebody that's got great credit. Anyways, the worst thing is when they come with me. They come to me with a cosigner, and the cosigner's got like a four eighty credit score. And I'm like, that's that doesn't work. Sorry, your your cosigner also has destroyed property <laughs> and not made good on their liabilities. I can't trust that they're going to help you. Oh gosh, I uh, I used to have. Uh, I had a couple of ex felons that uh, had had rented from me. And uh, one of them, I actually got to know pretty well. He was, he was a good guy, had some rough times. But when he first applied, he said, you know, held his head low and said, you know, I've really had a tough time. I've been a, had a felony record. And I said, well, it wasn't for, uh, you, you didn't murder your landlord, your last landlord, did you? <laughs> and he said, no. So we, we kind of hit it off after that. But um, Oh, you didn't it, mind if you murdered stories. somebody yeah, else. Exactly. <laughs> you just Sin, confession, <laughs> penance, redemption. <laughs> hey, Matt Zock, key renter, uh, key, key renter Tulsa.com. That's right. You're listening Thanks, to the Matt. Market Experts Show with EXP Realty. I'm Daryl Baskin.